charming thief and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a lost relic. But things go dangerously awry when they run afoul of the wrong people. This is Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Good morrow. How fair you, brother? I'm doing quite well, brother. How about yourself? Ah, yes, yes. Uh, shit, I don't even know any other, like, medieval-esque terms. What? (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I had, like, a whole bit I was gonna do in my head, and then you not knowing where to go with it next just, like, (laughs) fucked me. (laughs) My, uh, my dice roll, uh, was not high. Yeah, intelligence check. Intelligence check. Zero. It's impossible to roll that i believe but you managed it (laughs) Uh, (laughs) oh shit okay this is gonna go well hear ye hear ye we are talking about dungeons and dragons honor among thieves we went from video games to tabletop games let's go we're covering everything here we're going we're going backwards in time we're going backwards in time (laughs) Uh, so real quick before we go into the cast mm -hmm. uh, i will just say like just to lightly talk about this movie before we dive into it. Okay. Uh, I remember like hearing about this movie being made, not really like thinking anything of it. Wasn't planning on watching it. And then I saw the trailer for it, like on a YouTube ad. And it was (laughs) just like a quick, it was literally like a quick 10 second, like uh, trailer for the movie where it was just like the scene of them in the graveyard which we'll talk about later yeah doing like the interrogation scene it fucking like it was the first time like in like a really long time where a commercial just like fucking like made me like laugh out <laughs> loud and like i was just like yo i need to watch this movie this looks actually good this movie i feel like kind of really flew under the radar for a lot of people at least at least initially like unless you were like really into like the D circles i don't remember a lot of people like exactly talking about this movie but i think gradually as it started getting closer to release it really started gaining a lot of hype and people were genuinely surprised with how like much love and care was put into it so when i heard they were making this movie um i thought it was going to be like a more serious like adventure movie like the World of Warcraft movie or some something shit. like that. Yeah. So then when I saw that it was like a comedy, I was like, wait, what? Like, this is mm-hmm. kind of throwing me off. I didn't really want to see it that bad. I've never played Dungeons and Dragons. Unfortunately, it seems really fun, but it's never uh, been something I've been able to do. Hit me up, mm-hmm. Dungeon Masters. If you're trying to get a campaign started, let's go. I'm down to try it. Janice and I have actually been trying to get one going. Dude. And we actually have a friend. Kevin, you've met Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that married me and my wife. Mm-hmm. He does do campaigns as the DM. I could so definitely I, see that. Yeah, no, he, I'm, we're trying to get something going with him. So maybe we could do like a virtual one. That would be sick. Um, but yeah, um, wasn't like super hyped for this movie. Wasn't something I was going to watch in theaters. But the reviews came out and people started like really praising this movie and saying it was like super good, super funny. So that kind of intrigued me. Um, but honestly forgot about it until I was perusing Amazon prime the other day and I was like, Oh shit, this movie's on here. So decided to check it out. And now we are here doing a podcast about it. All right. So who's in it? I don't know. I forgot what his name is and the, his character's name is, is it Edgen? Edgen? Is it Edgen? Edgen? Oh. Edgen? What the fuck is his character's name? Chris Pine's character. Yeah. I have fucking no clue. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say Edgen because that's 
Dude, I'm fucking edging right now. I'm being... <laughs> Anyways, edging is played by the Chris Pine of Star Trek, Wonder Woman, and Don't Worry Darling. Chris Pine killed it. Uh, is it Edgin? 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 I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't yeah. really know how to say how it. How do they pronounce it? Yeah. For the podcast sake, I'm either going to call him just Chris Pine or Edgin. <laughs> Edgin. We'll, we'll go with Edgin. That sounds more uh, Dungeons and Dragony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Edgin. I feel like I would have <laughs> noticed Edgin. <laughs> I mean, it's just missing a letter between to become edging, but whatever. Yeah. 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 All right. So, yeah. Chris Pine. Hilarious. Charming as usual. Um, just charismatic as fuck. His hair really bothered me in this movie. I mean, it as didn't, much as like the "Don't Worry, Darling" premiere. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just it just didn't look like medieval. You know, he kind of just looked like a dude from our time dressing up as like a medieval like, like character. Like every like movie that takes place in like medieval times, though, right? Like every time I watch like a movie that takes place in like those kinds of times before like modern day plumbing. It's like, yo, these people are way too hot to look like to look like this, like to to be in this time times like. Mm, this time, no, time. I disagree. Oh, it's his haircut, like, bro. His the way his hair was just didn't seem very medieval. Well, I'm me. just talking about in general, dude. Like in general, where there's whenever there's movies that take place in any situation where there's like knights and there's no modern day plumbing, it's just like everyone looks so clean. Every like they have like unrealistic hairstyles, like what you're saying, or just like it's not even that his was unrealistic, it just looked modern. It looked like from this time. That was my issue. It was taking me out of the immersion a little bit. Mm -hmm. Granted, like there's other like trendy haircuts, but his in particular, I don't know why. It just threw me off. Holga, played by Michelle Rodriguez of the Fast and Furious franchise and Avatar. She was really good in this too. Yes. The blue one. <laughs> the blue uh, airbender. <laughs> the airbender with hair. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. She does what she does well. And uh, I feel like Chris Pine was just Chris Pine in this too. Yeah. Like it's true. No one I guess so, no one really did anything that was like too far from their actual personalities. Well, that actually to me ties in to like what the movie is, though, just because like Yes, they're playing characters, but like the whole point of like Dungeons and Dragons and playing like you're you're portraying your quirks through this character, you know, and like yeah, it does, I mean, it just it does feels like a bunch of people playing like LARPing essentially, you know. I see what you're and saying. I think that works to this movie's advantage, in my opinion. It does, but if you're unaware, which mm-hmm. maybe most people are, you know what I mean. Like, I think that gets. I think that's more of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge to those in the know. But for the general population, like for me, going into this movie, I was just going into it as I know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not basing anything in this movie off Dungeons and Dragons. I am just going to watch this movie Mm. and whatever it gives me, it gives me. But of course, if you're delving into like what it's actually doing and referring to um, in relation to the game, then, yeah, you could definitely be like, oh, yeah, this is so meta. But for the general public, I think it's just that might be lost either way. They do what they do. They do it well. That's not a knock on them. Still really good in this movie. Simon, played by Justice Smith, of Detective Pikachu fame and the worst Jurassic Park movies. (laughs) (laughs) What a a resume. (laughs) (laughs) 
I could say that for him. Absolutely shining. I could say that for him because he wasn't in the first Jurassic World movie, which was the best one. He was in the last two stinkers. So that's which is unfortunate. Yes, yeah, I it's agree. truly the unfortunate. First Jurassic World is probably the best of the three. Yeah, but he was really good in this. Really funny. He played his character really well. Maybe yeah. maybe he actually seemed the most separated from his personality. I mean, I don't know him too well, but I mean that's pretty much his character. Like he's he's typically like the comic relief type of character. That's what he was in the Jurassic World movies. That's what he is kind of that's like true. he's the main character, but that's kind of you know Detective Pikachu esque as well. You know, like he's kind of typecast at this point, which is unfortunate because I do think he has some range to his to him to his acting. But other than Doric. Like, I really feel like everybody's just kind of playing themselves. Dork's the only one where I'm not really too familiar with her outside of, like, it and this movie. Like, I'm not really sure, like, what playing her is. So, to me, she actually feels like a character, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so you already mentioned Dork, Sophia, Lilis, It franchise, more recently, Asteroid City. And, of course, Forge, played by none other than Hugh Grant. Amazing. Amazing <laughs> casting. Dude. Also doing oh what he God. does. Um, just being just a bastard. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, what else is Hugh Grant in? Like the Dude, only he's movie in I could so think of, much. The only movie I could think of off the top of my head is like Mickey Blue Eyes. Uh, yeah. Mickey Blue Eyes, Love Actually. Um, he's in the new Wonka movie. Uh, he's mm. in a couple of my favorites, uh, The Gentleman and A Man From Uncle. Really yeah, good, like action flicks. I haven't seen any of those. Um, and then of course, just like other rom-coms i think oh bridget jones's diary dude just hugh grant man he's just he's been around bro he's done some shit paddington bear mm. paddington bear something that we may or may not do in the future yeah it's yeah. on the yeah. list for sure um but yeah man fucking hugh grant dude perfect casting just again bastard what a bastard <laughs> what a bastard but yeah that is the cast pretty damn solid cast if you ask me so should we just get right into it then like whatever what are our thoughts about this and let's get into it this movie's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like this movie just exudes like on like I don't know if necessarily you would call this like an ensemble cast movie, but like it does the Marvel esque group dynamic thing very well. But it works better in this movie than in a lot of the other movies that try to do the Marvel thing. But like because this movie is a Dungeons and Dragons movie, and every even though there's people that do not play Dungeons and Dragons, everybody knows what Dungeons and Dragons is. It had that much of an impact during its golden time or whatever, and its resurgence in more recent years that, like, people know what it is, at least. Like, they mm. understand when you say Dungeons and Dragons, you're referring to nerds. tabletop losers. nerds, losers, <laughs> you know, Virgins. mom's basement type <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? V-card intact, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> laminated. Intact here, and right? secure. <laughs> card laminated intact hasn't even been touched accumulating dust pristine condition pristine yeah (laughs) but people know right so like you can understand that like these characters are kind of like a foil and even though it might not be obvious they're kind of like a foil of what it's like to be in a table with your friends and then just like doing things as they kind of happen or making decisions as they happen. And like, I just really like enjoyed the characters and how they uh, played off of each other. I really think the actors all did a good job and like how the movie goes about setting things up and having them in interact with each other. Like it really does feel 
kind of reminiscent of that, even though we're supposed to believe it's just a world and it has nothing to do with the actual game, you know? Usually when we talk about movies, the biggest thing that we praise typically ends up being, like, the cinematography, the sound design. This is one of the movies where I really have to praise, like, the writing. I'm not going to sit here and say it's perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the best written movie I've ever seen, but, like... I think this movie accomplishes everything it sets out to and more. This movie, to me, is the definition of exceeding what people expected from it. I enjoy this movie so much and had so much fun watching it. Yeah, this movie was a lot more fun than I expected it to be. It seemed like almost every fucking scene, there was something to like laugh at. Like It was just chock full of jokes, but they weren't like stupid jokes either. They weren't just like... Mm-hmm really low hanging fruit jokes they were like genuinely like witty sometimes and just like the action scenes were incredible in this movie um Mm -hmm. that's like one of the standouts for me for sure it's just the fight choreography was like super dope like it felt so like visceral and fast and just crazy it felt like an action rpg you know what i mean where you're just button mashing Mm -hmm. and it's just like going from like enemy to enemy like auto like targeting and shit and just to praise the writing some more, like it, it really felt like the characters when they interacted with each other, it felt like when you're playing an RPG and you're getting those like party, like bonding dialogue, like throughout, like playing the game, like you're just like going to like when you're traveling and you just have those conversations, that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Um, so they did that really well. Um, like I said, I kind of watched it from a scope of, I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm just going to watch the movie as it's presented to me. And I don't think uh, anything is lost if you don't understand Dungeons and Dragons. From what I've read, the the nods and the lore and stuff they took from Dungeons and Dragons was super well done. So in that aspect, I really wish I did know more about Dungeons and Dragons. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was at all necessary um, to enjoy this movie. Like this movie is just so well done. It's fun. Its pacing is really good. And it's just it it engulf like it sucks you into what's happening. Like I don't think the story is anything like super deep, but it yeah. it doesn't need to be. This yeah, this movie is not deep. This movie doesn't try to do anything where like even like the emotional points in the movie, it's nothing that like you're gonna shed a tear over. You're mm. not gonna cry. Like I mean, there is like one part of the movie that I would say is probably like relatively sad. Yeah, but like even that, like you know, everything's gonna be fine in the end. This is like a movie that uh, to me is very comfortable. Yeah, like you, you, you kind of know going into it that it's all gonna be okay, and that's o- and that's fine. Like I don't think it's trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, not at all. Like I really genuinely think this movie just went in with the intention of. One, doing the subject matter justice, and then two, creating something fun and engaging for people that are familiar with the with Dungeons and Dragons and people who aren't familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. And it's able to walk the line very well between fan service and in service of the movie. Some of my favorite nods to Dungeons and Dragons. And again, I'm not a big dun- I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons player. I- I've never played like an actual campaign. But I've watched a lot of Dungeons and Dragons campaigns through like YouTube, like YouTube channels that I enjoy. One of the things I I've heard people talk about in their analysis of the movie, and it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the very beginning. Okay, where the backstory uh, Egan is recounting like his backstory. Yeah. So this is a really good exposition dump. And normally this type of thing shouldn't work. Show the audience, don't just tell the audience. But because it's his backstory, which is a very common thing that 
you do at the very beginning of your campaign is you tell who your character is and you say their backstory, right? So, okay, it makes sense within the context of the movie. All of it ends up being just a big ploy to stall for time until Jonathan comes in, which fucking hilarious, by the way, the name Jonathan alone. Shout that, out, it's like a shout, big fucking crow thing. <laughs> shout out to Jarnica. That's exactly what I thought of when I heard Jonathan. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, Matt's uh, nickname for my wife. Uh, Jarnica. Don't know. Yeah. yeah. Her name is so, Janice. Every time he was saying that name and he said it like fucking four or five times in that scene alone, I was dying. <laughs> Dude, fucking hysterical. And then like you think like, OK, they're waiting for Jonathan because he's has some sort of relationship with Edgin yeah. or whatever. And you think it's, it's going to end up playing like a part in, he's going to vote to release them. He has some sort of sway, Yeah, but no, it's just because he's a bird and they use him <laughs> to fly out the window. <laughs> like this movie does like it plays with your expectations. That so shit was well. so funny. I, I do. And then, and then when they fucking crash and he's just fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> they just fucking walk off and you just see his fucking lifeless body. <laughs> fucking hilarious. When they, when they grab him, when they first grab Jonathan, there's like the lady that goes, oh, no, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, I, I heard a YouTube, like a YouTube video I was watching that was kind of like breaking it down for the less like Dungeons and Dragons initiated. Uh-huh. Was basically saying like, you know, this is kind of like a playful like reference to like how a lot of the times, because, you know, the DM is basically setting up these scenarios and then tossing it to the players and asking them what to do. A lot of times players would just do the most random and shit or yeah. they'll say, like, let, let me oh, let me try this. Like, you know, it's always like not what you would expect, you know, because people's creativity is always going to be better than what you plan for. You know, mm-hmm. I love that, you know, you know, and I'm sure I really am positive that that is what the intention of the movie filmmakers were was is, you know, to do something that you feel like, you know, where it's going to go. You feel like you you, uh, you know, and understand like what's going to happen. And then it just completely goes a different direction mm-hmm. in like an instant you know i think another example of that is the bridge scene when they're trying to get the helmet yeah <laughs> where he, yeah, uh, you know, the paladin is like fucking explaining <laughs> this complicated like series of things they have to do and then uh mm-hmm. fucking simon fucks it up because he <laughs> steps on the rock like he steps on the bridge and it's not the right spot and just completely <laughs> destroys it yeah <laughs> and like that's like a reference to like how dungeons masters will always like come up with the most convoluted thing that you have to do you know yeah. like, that's a good one too that i really enjoyed that that bit another joke that i really enjoyed was the intelligence check that happens in the form oh of these like brain monsters that appear when they go into a, like a dungeon the paladin character is basically explaining like oh like they sense like a certain level of intelligence whatever literally an in- intelligence check yeah and it just like passes right by them and so, then chris pine's character's like well that's a little insulting <laughs> those fucking little brain creatures reminded me of these things in the show doom patrol which is a, a show on max um which is a it's a, it's a dc show r.i.p um and there's characters in there that look very similar to the brains except their asses like straight up butts <laughs> <laughs> So that's what immediately what I thought of when I saw those things. Like, oh my god, those look so similar to just the, the fucking asses in that show. It was hilarious. And I think those are actual monsters from Dungeons and Dragons as well. Like, I would, yeah, they, I would assume most of like the creatures are actually in 
the the game. I know the lore, the, uh, yeah. the fucking yeah. chonky Owlbear. dragon is. <laughs> is it? Yeah. I, that I wasn't sure about. Yeah, is the it? chonky dragon is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I looked it up. Big, big chungus. <laughs> big chungus. <laughs> the chungus among us. <laughs> it's just really fun way to like play with the material. It understood the assignment. So you if know? if you happen to watch this movie without knowing a lot about dungeons and dragons i suggest like going on youtube and like watching a video that breaks down how this movie references everything in the game because Mm -hmm. you'll get like a whole nother appreciation for this movie yeah like you said though right like it's not necessary to it's it's definitely not yeah you know it's definitely not like these are all things that like if you know you know and you're like oh that's fucking great you know but if you don't the movie does such a good job of like explaining things to you in a way that isn't talking down to you Mm. you know it lightly introduces the world it lightly introduces elements of the world and things within the world and then it lets it just plays around with it a good example of this is the what's his name uh zank zank Zank. yeah played by reggie reggie jean page Mm -hmm. his character is supposed to be represent like the typical like npc like and there's more a little bit more to it than that but like essentially he is like an npc i think he also represented like the dungeon master because he was the one who knew exactly where everything was who knew how mm-hmm. to navigate the the complex which, bridge or whatever yeah which, which is like in, if, okay. in dungeons and dragons the dungeon master typically does do the role of yeah. npcs that the that the you know group comes across um so yeah you're right if you know what type of character he is and if you know why he's there then you you appreciate it because you you know it, it's like oh yeah it's like dungeons and dragons like this type of character but if you don't like his character is still fucking hilarious yeah you he's know? fucking great so like one of my favorite scenes is like when simon i think is like trying to be sarcastic or something and then he, he's like I, i've always felt that sarcasm is like a blade that cuts like both or so he says something along the lines of like just like super literal and like so like dry it's just great dude. so it works so well i don't know if i should mention it now but he's in one of my like my favorite scenes one of the scenes that i find the most funny should i go into <laughs> that later or should i just mm-hmm. say it now go for it Okay, so one of the funniest scenes in the movie to me is when they're on the when he when they get the helmet and they're on the beach, right? And he's like, "Oh, whatever, I must go now, or whatever." And he just starts walking straight, like just straight, right? Uh, I guess the actor didn't hear cut as he was walking away, so mm-hmm. the shot of him just like walking straight towards the rock, and then Chris Pine's like dialogue over it was improvised. Yeah, dude, that's so good. But, but that's not even my favorite part of that scene. My favorite part of that scene is when it moves on from him like walking away and other shit's happening. They're moving forward with the story. You can still see him in the background. He's still walking straight. <laughs> and it was killing me, dude. <laughs> I was dying, man. I was dying. That scene was so funny. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, that is so great. And like, you know, again, NPC behavior, right? If you play yeah. RPG video games, you get it. Char- video game characters that you don't control are just gonna walk straight. Yep. Doesn't matter what's in their path, they're just gonna fucking gonna go. go. <laughs> Stupid AI, right? That shit like, was funny. Oh, dude, it's so fucking great, dude. Real quick, uh, I wanna shout out the villain played by Daisy Head, Sophina, the main like red wizard in this movie. She was actually kind of freaky, dude. Like, oh yeah, dude. She was like, 
she had some fucking power, man. Like, especially once you start getting familiar with how, yeah. like, magic skill levels are and, like, what spells you can cast and can't cast. And the fact that she's, like, a fucking boss, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was, like, a fucking legitimate threat. And she was fucking creepy, too. Like, the fucking, like, one, I guess, sort of jump scare is when Doric is, like, the fly and she's, like, listening in. And then she goes, like, oh, there's, like, a shapeshifter or whatever. And then she does that fucking scream thing and, yeah. like, points her out. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that was kind of creepy. Dude, that fucking scene, by the way, that whole sequence is fucking oh, phenomenal, dude. dude. It's a yes. one shot scene where Dork gets discovered in the castle spying as like a fly. Yeah. And then it, it basically follows her throughout the castle trying to escape shape shifting into different things. Uh-huh. And it's all done in one shot as a one shot. Dude. And it's fucking so good. Dude. As you on the edge of your seat, man, it was pretty oh, dude. An- like I was anxious during that whole thing. Like even though you know that everything's going to be okay, because this is just one of those movies where like, you know, like it, the good guys have to win. Mm. Like, it, yeah, it does build the tension super well there's another scene that again you know the good guys are going to come out victorious in the end you know this is just not one of those movies where tragedy is the currency here right yeah like the fucking uh heist scene oh that's such a good one yeah you know the scene where they're trying to basically get a painting that has a portal into the castle and they have to be able to get it onto a cart without the soldiers who are guarding the cart noticing and this whole scene is just fucking great, dude. It this the like the writing behind it, the the planning of it, the way it works and how they get it to work. It's just so good. It's just so well done. Even when they run into like a few hiccups, the way they like navigate around it was also pretty mm-hmm. well done. But I also like that scene because prior to that, they use that staff, the hither tither. Hither, the, whatever it's called. Hither, <laughs> yeah. hither, hither, thither. I don't remember what it's called. I don't called. know. <laughs> but that staff. So when they introduce it, they use it to get out of, uh, to escape the chonky dragon, right? Mm. I feel like typically movies would then abandon that device. Like, oh, we used yeah. it. We, we, you know, it served its purpose. No, they use it again in another really clever way. Oh, yeah, dude. You know what they say? Chekhov's hither, tither, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Hither, tither. Walking stick. <laughs> I don't even know if that's what it's fucking called. Tether, heather. I don't know, man. The fucking stick. The portal gun. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I wasn't sure if that, like, item was, like, a thing from Dungeons & Dragons. I think they made it up. literally just a reference to portal. Yeah, I don't you know. Because w- it literally is portal gun. You yeah. know, just in staff form. I will say this about the villain, though. Um, are you familiar with who Kate McKinnon is? No, no, no. Okay, well, she's uh from SNL. She she was like one of the stronger cast members in like the newer seasons. She's in uh she was in the Ghostbusters movie, the all female one that like flopped. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, Ali pointed out as we were watching the movie that um the villain kind of looks like her, and mm-hmm. if you know her and some of her characters that she played on SNL, it like just completely like <laughs> ruined her scariness for me now. Because it just looks like Kate McKinnon in like crazy makeup playing one of her weird characters. I do agree with you though that she was uh she was very terrifying and the the way they use her is very good actually for someone that doesn't really speak. Doesn't have a lot of backstory. Doesn't doesn't have a lot of backstory. Motivations aren't the strongest. You know what I mean? Yeah, the motivations are evil for the sake of evil, which is never a good character trait. But I mean, for some reason it kind of works here, you know. But let's talk about the real villain. You know, let's talk about the actual villain of this that movie. Bastard. Fucking, that bastard. <laughs> that bastard. bastard, Hugh Grant. <laughs> that fucking cunt. <laughs> that fucking twat, mate. <laughs> Dude, every fucking time Hugh Grant is on screen, 
He's a twat. He fucking steal- <laughs> He's a twat, but he steals the fucking show, dude. Yeah, he does. Steals the fucking show. Like, he was phenomenal in this movie. Oozing all over the fucking screen, dude. Yeah. Like, with just charisma, charm, mm-hmm. just fucking piece of shit, eating grin. Yep. Like, everything about smug, him. Smug, just, just smug. <laughs> But it fucking works so well where you're like almost kind of rooting for him because he's just kind of likable. Like he does it in such a way where it's just like, you know, he would have, you know, I would have felt that way if he didn't say, I'm not going to give you your daughter back. (laughs) (laughs) At that point, I was like, you're not very likable. (laughs) No, no, no. You, but you kind of get it. (laughs) You know, there's like, there's Thanos who's like, was trying to save humanity. wrong. You know, then there's like Thanos, right? Who you're like, you know what? I don't agree with the methods, but I understand. Yeah. This is the same thing. You know, I'm not going to give you your daughter back. I don't agree with the methods, but I kind of understand. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like, <laughs> no, like, yeah, no, terrible human being. Yeah. Like, terrible. But fuck, dude. He he had me. He that, had me in the first round. Oh, no, he didn't at all. Because once you say, oh, he's a con man, if that's his defining trait, I'm like, oh, this guy no, no, no. a piece I'm not of saying shit. Like, I'm not saying like I legitimately believe like I, I knew he was a bad guy. I'm just yeah. saying like I was on his side damn near. Like I was just like, you know what? <laughs> I will say this way to spin the fucking tablet of life into the tablet mm-hmm. of riches. It's like you fucking cheeky bastard. <laughs> cheeky you bastard. Fucking asshole. I think the weaker part of the movie is Chris Pine's relationship with his daughter mm-hmm. because for her to just believe that. I was like, man, he must be, he must have been like really fucking absent in her life, or there was just like no fucking bond between them for that shit to just be like, yeah, that makes sense to me. I agree with you that that's probably the weakest relationship. Like, just because, like, up until right before they go to steal the tablet, like, it's alluded to that she's a part of the crew. Yeah. And she deals with them, right? So, like, for me, it's like, it seems like they have a really good rapport. Yeah. You would so think. you would think that their relationship is pretty good. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, she's a little pissed that, like, she doesn't get to go along for this mission. But, like, for him to tell her, hey, you just can't come along on this one mission, it fails horribly. And then she just believes everything that fucking uh, Mickey Blue Eyes says. <laughs> really? Like, you, you, you've done all this work with your dad already. You've grown mm-hmm. up with him, and he's trained you to be this thief. You're going to believe this guy? Not even to not believe her dad, but to not believe Holga, who she sees as a mother. Mother figure? Yeah. yeah. Who who, who you see in that, towards the end, how, how strong the relationship is and to, how she was there with literally every step to, she's ever taken. Yeah, to not believe family? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here, dude? She's clearly not <laughs> familiar with Michelle Rodriguez's work. Yeah, clearly, clearly not. Clearly, family. Come bro. on, man. Clearly unfamiliar on, with dude. Fast and Furious. Can we? Uh, can we talk <clears throat> about an underrated, uncredited character? I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know who you're talking about. The man himself, Bradley Cooper, makes an appearance in this movie. That scene, it's funny because it's like you see him, and you go, "Is that Bradley Cooper?" Kind of yeah. looks like Bradley Cooper. And yeah. it, and you it really takes you a minute to be like that is Bradley Cooper. That's fucking Bradley Cooper. Yeah, no, I didn't realize it was Bradley Cooper until like well after the movie. I was like, 
oh my god <laughs> you know what's funny i think it's because he's so sincere and sweet he's like so like cute and sweet and like yeah. that's just not how i'm used to seeing yeah. bradley cooper i'm so used to you seeing know? him just be like a fucking like bro like douchebag like, man you know or what like I mean? the american sniper yeah. <laughs> like, what <laughs> this is what joe brandon has done to bradley cooper <laughs> This makes is the you, America that Joe Brandon wants. It makes you a small, soft man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is what happens to men in Joe Brandon's America. No, but like it honestly was like sweet. <laughs> yeah. That whole scene. Dude, he was just like, it's like it's the whole time sweet. you're watching this, you're like, you're like, ah, I understand why Hoga likes him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, like, I would probably you know leave saying? my barbaric tribe too. This is very nice and warm and, and pleasant. This <laughs> is like so nice. Dude. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, she's tough, you know, on the exterior, but, like, who doesn't have, like, you know, a soft side, you know? Like, yeah, you get it. Yeah. You understand. Just such a great cameo. Like, so really good, is. Dude. Yeah. Like, let's talk about Simon for a little bit, just because this personally is my favorite character in the movie. Just because I enjoyed everything that they did with him. Like, the very yeah. from the very first scene where you actually get to know his character, where he's doing a magic show. <laughs> It's Fresh just so fucking grass. good. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just so good. Like every shitty magician you've ever seen, dude. It's just so fucking good. Gave dude. me the prestige vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, imagine him in that movie. Oh my god. You, think, you know what's funny is he would be the only one that actually has like magical powers, and yet he would. Still it would be the shittiest. Be- Tricks. He, he would still be the underdog against yeah. like Angel and Glee or whatever their names Angel are. And, yeah. uh, Angel fucking and uh, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah, fucking Christian Bale and fucking Wolverine. <laughs> like he'd still be the underdog with real magic powers in that movie. But yeah, anyway, like it's just he's just so good. Like the mm-hmm. like you know, there's there's comic relief characters that could really become annoying. Yeah. And like their comedy relief trope could be to their detriment sometimes. Yeah. Because there's some things where like they're funny for like the first few like jokes or whatever, but after a while it just becomes grating. There's always that risk. And mm. I feel like with his character, he never got there. And that's great. I felt like every joke that they wrote for him made sense in the moment and it worked. It never just felt like him just trying to get something off for the sake of getting something off, which I really appreciated. On top of that, I actually feel like even though I wouldn't say that this movie's big on like any heavy moments or like emotional moments, I do think the story of him combating his like mediocrity and his like legendary bloodline, you know, is like awesome. Like it works in this context and they don't spend so much time on it where it becomes like, okay, this is like, this doesn't work. This isn't as dramatic as you're painting it out to be. There's just the right amount of drama associated with it. He's also the only character that experiences any like real growth in this movie. Yes, you're right. Uh, Chris Pine does a little bit like Chris Pine's character. You know, I guess it's more just remorseful. Yeah, it's not you know, like, like growth. Yeah, really. OK. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Uh, to your point where you were saying like the jokes didn't feel like overdone or anything like that. They didn't even like use him as like a punching bag. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was like Chris Pine's character was constantly trying to build him up. You know, it's like, no, you got mm-hmm. this. You can do this. We didn't see him as this guy sucks because he just sucks. 
Yeah. It, we saw it as this guy sucks because he doesn't really fully believe in himself yet. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you knew there was potential there rather than like, oh, he's just a trash and wizard. like he sucks, but he uses humor to try to compensate for that, to try to get around it. Like yeah. it's a coping mechanism. Exactly. Almost. Yeah. And that that's what makes his character work so well is because usually a lot of times like the comic relief characters are just shitty. They think they're the shit. And they think they're the funniest thing in the world. And that's why they feel like they could just crack jokes all the time and yeah. do all these one-liners. He does it because he's just trying to cope with his feeling of inadequacy. And it it works so well in this movie, in my opinion. And know? he's also dealing with the failure of him not being able to uh, stop the time spell at the very beginning of the movie, which sets all of this shit in motion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he's also there's like a trauma there and there's like a, a fucking block that he needs to get over. You know what I mean? So yeah. you feel for him. So, yeah, no, he was honestly like, yeah, one of the best characters for sure. Lastly, you know, let's talk about Doric a little bit. Well, I guess we haven't talked about Chris Pine's character yet either, really. But like, just to really reflect on Doric real quick. Mm -hmm. Like, I really I think Doric out of all the characters, I think we have the least amount of like time slash getting to know her and really getting to see the depth of her character for what there is like she is a very interesting character and i think they really implemented her well like like i said she has one of the best scenes in the movie where she has a couple you know, actually so that, mm -hmm. that scene where she's running away she was huge in the reverse heist scene um and then uh her fucking beat down <laughs> dude the out the out there yeah, the owlbear, which was so fucking like Avengers coded, the way she just yeah. fucking wailed oh. on him, dude. They Fuck like yeah, one up uh, Hulk and Loki with that one, yeah, and it was hilarious because like she beats her, like beats the shit out of her, and throws her into the building. The building then collapses. On her. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking funny, just so it's like extra, dude. Like it's like SpongeBob levels of like escalation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like when Squidward bikes off a cliff and then he just explodes <laughs> you know it's yeah. like that level of just like escalation is great dude so there's like also like a romance between her and simon right but i again like this movie does things a little bit differently that make it stand out and work a little bit better than other things that do this you know where a lot of times you're like okay forced romance like it's unnecessary we don't need it yeah it's not really a romance right it's a romance but it's really not like it's they dated in the past they acknowledge that they dated and that she didn't want to continue because he was just not confident in himself, which, yeah, that's like a lot of girls experience with a lot of guys where tip and trick for all you guys out there. Like the whole self-pity thing does not work. Yeah. Don't ever try it. Here's um, some dating advice. Don't pity yourself. Pity the fool. Yeah. Pity the fool. Pity dude. the fool, exactly. not yourself. Yeah. Shout out Mr. T. Happy, <laughs> happy Black History Month. Uh, but no, this um, movie does platonic male-female relationships very well. Again, we Very go back well. to Edgin and Holga, right? Mm -hmm. You you would mm -hmm. think there would be like some sort of romance that blossoms <laughs> between them, but no, they're just like the furthest thing from it. <laughs> yeah, they're just like partners, dude, and like yeah. everything, partners they're, in they're life. Homies, yeah, bro. ride or die. It's just the dynamics in this movie work so fucking well, dude. Like mm -hmm. so well, and like the relationships are believable. They're relationships that you like grow to love. Like you almost feel like you're watching the movie that you're a part of this group too, you know? Mm -hmm. So Elgin's character, again, don't know if we're pronouncing it wrong. Edgin, um, Edgin, whatever. Chris, Edgin, Edgin, sorry. I, 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 I threw an L in there. The Chris Bard. <laughs> the Bard. The Bard. With the like, again, indestructible fucking mandolin thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that thing would not break. 
Again, this is a character that's risky, especially in these times where like people are kind of tired of like the Chris Pratt esque, like charming. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it 100. Like goof, right now, yeah, right here, character. Chris Pine has way more riz than Chris Pratt. I agree. Way more. I agree. Like you, you see it, right? Like yeah. Chris Pratt's almost like overstayed his welcome. It's just like people were into it in the beginning with the very first Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, oh, okay, like this is like a new kind of hero, but now it's like the standard, right? Yeah. And now it's like, okay, Chris Pratt's kind of a part of the problem. It shouldn't work because Chris Pine's character honestly isn't that different. Like, he could be played by Chris Pratt, essentially. I don't know. Just something about how they wrote him and how Chris Pine executes, Mm -hmm. it works. And it's like, yeah, I'm rooting for this guy. Like, he's not the greatest of characters. And, like, they don't develop his backstory all that well with, like, his family and his daughter. But, like, other than that, like, he's fairly likable. And it's never to the point where he's like too likable, where you're like, you feel like the movie studio is trying to pull one over you. He, he feels natural. You know, he feels like he has his quirks, but he feels like he has his human parts. You know, like you said, you alluded to this earlier with Simon. He's really just trying to rally the crew and yeah. like he wants the best for everyone, but he wants the best for everyone in a way because he knows that wanting the best for everyone is going to serve him. Yeah. He's still selfish, but it's like a very likable kind of selfish. Yeah. He, you know, encourages Holga, who is his partner. So he does care about Holga, but like encouraging her and just being supportive of her also benefits him because she will be at her best in the battlefield. Encouraging Simon will make sure that he's at his best and his plans that involve magic fall through, you know, or Mm. go through. They did it in such a way where, like, yes, he's selfish. Yes, he's the Han Solo type of, like, just improvise a plan on the spot. But it's in a way that is very likable, but also very, like, the character. It's a great foil to Forge, who uses Mm -hmm. people to get what he wants. And we'll step on them. Chris Pine's character will will uplift, and he wants he wants you guys to get the win together. He wants mm-hmm. everyone to get mm-hmm. theirs. Whereas yeah. fucking bastard Hugh Grant's character just wants to win himself. You know what I mean? It, fucking bastard, bastard, dastardly yeah. bastard. There yeah. are some great jokes that they do with him, man. Like there are some great humor moments that work with him. The whole bit with uh him drinking the tea and it's like super hot. I <laughs> so, so fucking so that he has her use a fucking spell or whatever. <laughs> cast magic. She, she sticks her finger in. Is like did not did not think did not know you were gonna do that. Like I would prefer you didn't stick your finger in. <laughs> it's a really obvious line. Um, but it still landed for me is when uh, he he gets Chris Pine's character in that trap, right? He's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I can't bear to see you die, so I'm just going to leave the room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, super obvious, but again, just funny, just his delivery. Nails it, dude. Yeah. Okay, like, let's be honest. Like, this movie isn't high on the substance scale. There's not a lot of substance. Yeah. But with what's here, they do such a great job with it. Things that shouldn't work, work. And things that you feel like you you think you know where it's going to go, it goes in a different direction. I want to spend some time and talk about my favorite scene (laughs) in the entire movie. Okay. I hope it's yours too. The graveyard scene. <laughs> the scene. The scene that got me to watch this movie to begin with. Let's get to the, the first uh, body they raised from the dead, right? Yeah. And they're still trying to establish the rules of the questioning. <laughs> Took me back to fucking Austin Powers and Mustafa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's asking him the questions. <laughs> the truth serum. The truth serum. Yeah. 
No, you asked, are you serious? Which is a new question in a new line of questioning. <laughs> that shit was so funny. But no, the graveyard scene was incredible. Yeah, Them coming dude. back to life just like, <laughs> so fucking funny. So sudden, dude. So and then, sudden. And then there's the way they just die. <laughs> just the, the fucking bickering back and forth. And then like people asking questions on accident because they're talking to the other person. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It's just so great. And then just the mystery of where the fuck did the, the, I don't even remember what they're looking for the tablet, right? Is it the, is it the tablet? The, they're, they're looking for the helmet, the, the helmet, helmet right? that will uh, yeah. nullify like the spells. Yeah. 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 So like the mystery of the, of the helmet and like just following it along, it was just, it all worked so well for me. Like, this scene is just fucking hysterical. <laughs> the guy who died just by getting out of bed? Yeah. <laughs> like, or getting out of a bathtub, right? Like, he or something like, oh, something. yeah, he was in the bathtub. Yeah, yeah he yeah. slips on, like, the bar of soap. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> the guy who's, like, beheaded immediately. <laughs> it, it's so fucking You know, good, I, I was thinking about something. Uh, You know how, so Simon just had that little, like, ring thing, right? That could just do that spell. What if, spoiler, again, if you're watching this, you've already seen the movie, at the end when Holga's dead, if he didn't want to use the tablet, like, couldn't he just use that ring and then just not ask her questions? Nobody would <laughs> ever have to ask her just a question. Just don't ask dude. her a question. <laughs> so, okay, so, real quick, there was a YouTube video that I was watching because I didn't have time to re-watch the movie again before this. Okay. Uh, so, I I'd already seen it twice. I just wanted a refresher, so I watched like a movie that like summarized it. And he brought up a really funny point of like if there was to be like a potential sequel, them recruiting the one that they left alive uh, because they didn't ask him the final question, and then they just don't ask him the final question. <laughs> like he ends up becoming a member of the group or the party. <laughs> that would be funny. Looking hysterical, dude. Okay, so that's definitely one of my favorites. My mm -hmm. second favorite obvious choice the mm -hmm. fucking illusion failing dude oh my god i did not so, see it coming to be honest so so well done i did not so see that well coming done. at all yeah me neither and then the minute his like shit starts freaking out in his yeah. face dude oh my god i was like yo what the fuck is going on <laughs> that shit yeah, was dude. so good yeah amazing dude they nailed like again like this movie does so many things well yeah. to subvert your expectations for a movie that's super predictable there's so many things about it that are not this you know? movie did not have to be this clever yeah they did not have to go that hard but they yeah. did it viagra hard like they <laughs> they went there dude like cut diamonds hard bro oh my god dude yeah no like it's just a really clever fun movie and like even if you're one of those people who's like oh i saw all of this coming it's like you have to at least appreciate the creativity yeah, right even because, if you like, did see it coming the way they delivered it to you phenomenal so great dude just so amazing like another one of my favorite scenes is the whole dungeon thing with the with the chungus dragon like the, just <laughs> everything about that was just handled so well. the fight scene choreography with that to yeah. them running away from the dragon utilizing the the hither tither whatever it's called it's just so great we haven't talked about this scene yet, but the ending of the movie or the climax of the movie, rather, mm. in the the maze. Really cool Easter egg in this movie, which I don't know if you watched any videos that like covered it or anything. Um, but you're talking about like so, the uh, the group. Yes, the other yeah. group. 
So there's another group that they see, you kind of see in the background or in random scenes where they're also a group competing in this like competition that our main group is competing in. And they're dressed very specifically. Mm -hmm. And this is like a really fucking cool reference. If you're one of those people that knows, then you were like, this is probably one of the best Easter eggs in the entire movie. So I guess in the fucking, I don't even know. It's like like the 80s or something. 80s, like 1980s, there was a Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. And this group of characters in the movie are dressed exactly as the main characters from the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon in the 1980s. Super awesome reference. I'm the kind of person that really nerds out and just freaks out over like Easter eggs and shit, whether it's in movies or video games. Like I live for that type of shit. Um, This was not one that I caught in the moment, but after learning about it, I was just like, damn, that's super fucking cool. In addition to that, right? Just this scene in general. So crazy. This is a fun scene. And this fucking, is it like a panther? The panther thing was badass that fucking projects thing that can like project illusions oh my god this thing is horrifying yeah like holy shit this thing is crazy the one that i really appreciated it's because it's in every fucking rpg ever that has Mm -hmm. treasure chests is the Mm -hmm. fucking decoy treasure the mimic yeah the the mimic mimic, dude i was like fuck yeah man yeah that's in every fucking game dude yeah as a dark souls player that shit fucking gave me fucking trauma dude like i was like <laughs> i fucking hate this <laughs> uh the fucking slime right dude, that, that was you. fucking cool that scene was sick what a great scene like so there's a scene where the characters like need to like get underground to escape the maze and they go into the slime voluntarily just for dork to you know transform into like a small creature and then get out through her fingertips yeah. great setup by the way awesome setup yeah for that and then pull them out but what like, a clever man. way to use her power to to utilize something fucking that could kill them right to to, to have an element of danger in, the, yeah. in an escape and like talk just about like about it dude. just such great execution and like you know like she had to be perfect right where she goes into this to the slime and she has to position herself to where her finger is literally just at the very edge of that slime otherwise yeah. she risks dying you know yeah if she transforms as like a i forgot what she transformed as like a snake like a, i think like a yeah dude yes yeah, so well set up so so awesome dude such a great scene is there anything else you want to glaze this movie over or are we are we <laughs> done glazing i think we covered it man it's just it's a fucking really well done movie highly recommend watching it if it, if it flew under your radar Check it out. Give it a shot. And then after that, watch a YouTube video going over all the Easter eggs and references Mm -hmm. because it just makes the movie that much better. Yeah, the director is really – this was sincerely like a labor of love. Like they understood the material. They – they had a respect for it and they did it well. And even people like us who aren't the biggest like D&D nerds, we can appreciate that. You know, like that's that's fucking awesome, dude. Okay, so if we're done glazing this movie, <laughs> let's talk about any issues we might have had with it or things that we think maybe held the movie back or kind of brought it down in our eyes, you know? My main thing was just the the relationship with the daughter and, yeah. and the fact that her angst and anger towards her father just wasn't believable to me. Honestly, that's my only complaint so far. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know if yeah. you have more, but... I oh, guess overall... Okay, my, one more. Right. Sophina is like... Uh, whole motivation thing i'm assuming because it's not really super well uh explained which i guess is another Mm -hmm. knock but 
the the main like evil dude that she's talking to in the mirror one time mm-hmm. in the yeah. in the movie like nothing really comes of that and I'm so just like, that okay. actually yeah that's so that actually ties into my complaint okay. right so i really genuinely feel like okay so like story isn't this movie's strong point it doesn't need to be but like they do like kind of lean heavily into it in certain parts of the movie and safina right that's her name yeah the the, the, the villain the red wizard yeah the whole thing with the red wizards and everything. So, okay. So the whole point, the whole thing that starts this whole thing is that Chris Pine's character steals from the red wizards uh-huh. and that results in his wife's death. Red wizards, uh, mark their treasure, I guess. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Which it, good concept. Awesome. Yeah. Right. I just wish we had gotten a little bit more explanation of the red wizards, maybe what their motivation is. Mm-hmm. Who is the main wizard that Sylvina's like talking to, right? Like a little bit more. Like they do they do explain who it is. Yeah. Just like it just doesn't really who, it just kind of was sorry, who I guess to the uninitiated is is an actual like main character villain thing in Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Yeah. So like there has to be a little bit more lore they could pull from, right? right. Like so like I just think kind of covering a little bit more of that would have been great i don't know where you would fit it. so here's the thing it's not like su- a super big criticism because i'm not really even sure where you would fit it right yeah. this movie i feel like is like the perfect length it doesn't overstay its welcome so i don't necessarily want to add on to its length so you might need to sacrifice something I, d- I just don't know what you would sacrifice in order to get this but for me even though i don't necessarily think this movie needs heavy story beats or like emotional attachment to what's happening uh-huh. it would have been the cherry on top of everything like yeah great action great comedy great story on top of it yeah. oh my god this I is agree. like a five out of five but because it is a very conventional good versus evil type story that doesn't you know do anything that like is like very like captivating it doesn't need it the movie succeeds really well without it but if it did have it this probably could have been a five out of five for me i might be spoiling you know the <laughs> last, you know my score for it but like not to compare it to this per se but like something that does this kind of thing better is something like the avengers the first one uh infinity war if you saw it for the first time that ending to that movie shocked you you're not used to something like that happening where the heroes don't win and the movie ends on like a bummer so like I'm not saying this movie had to do that, but I'm just saying that's that you can have like these kinds of simplistic summer blockbuster type stories that are somewhat predictable, but still present something that like adds depth and emotion to the story that you're telling. You know, I don't really care that Sophia is doing this and it's going to kill all these people because, yeah, she's just supposed to do that. You know, yeah. like there's no drive there when you see her towards the end. Right. And she's finally like doing like the the spell with like the red cloud or whatever i was like okay cool like her whole point of doing this was to get an army for that main dude that she's like trying to like serve or whatever right like Mm, she's gonna turn all these people into like the undead or whatever and they're gonna be like their army right but then like they stop it there's no like mention of that guy ever again you don't see a scene of them going like fine i'll do it myself you know what i mean like you don't get (laughs) you don't get any of that so you're just kind of like oh (laughs) instead the end credit scene goes to the guy in the graveyard that they left alive (laughs) (laughs) so yeah you're right like the motivations uh would have been nice to see more a little bit more to the villain would have been great but like you said this movie didn't really need it i'm just reiterating what you said basically but 
No, yeah, I agree. It 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 does lose some points there. I will say this, going back to like praising this movie, the way they handled the ending is is just really well done. Like the fight scene with mm-hmm. Safina is just that was so sick. awesome. The way they execute the plan against uh Mickey Blue Eyes is just <laughs> fucking great too. Sorry, I keep forgetting his name, so I'm just gonna keep calling him that. Busted. Um Busted. Like them using the portal thing on the blimp to then transfer yeah. all the gold. I was just like, ah, oh, it's so good, so well done, dude. To transfer the wealth to the people, like, and just come full circle from like him being greedy at the beginning of the yeah. movie and that resulting in his wife's death to now, you know, giving it back to the people, you know, and saving like, those people. Saving those people. And yeah, not only giving back to those people, but also using it as a means to get them out of the vicinity Mm -hmm. of the threat. It's things that you kind of expect to happen, but it does it in a way that's like, oh, that was a really clever way to execute that. Yeah. You know, that's maybe not the most obvious thing that I would have thought of to get us to this point. But yeah, you did it. And it's like, it's great. Like it works. Yeah. Such a great movie. Highly rewatchable. Uh, that's what i wanted to ask you so you said you saw it twice already i intended to rewatch it today but i didn't have time is it something that holds up with multiple watches in your opinion oh yeah no because it's just it's just fun because you don't have to overthink things yeah because after i finished it i was like wow you know what this is a movie that i could just throw on repeatedly exactly and enjoy you know what i mean like this is a movie that doesn't take a lot of brain power it's nice to just have on and watch if you just need something to pass the time or just be entertained like Mm -hmm. i think this this, movie is amazing for that it was yeah this movie was made for like tv in the sense that like not in the sense that like it's like it doesn't deserve a theatrical run it was just once it's done and it's accumulated as much of like it's viewing as possible you know through theater and people Mm -hmm. that buy the blu-rays or whatever Mm -hmm. like you put this movie on tv People are going yeah. to stop flipping channels. This is a movie you put on like fucking FX or you put on yeah. like TBS and you just have it run. Fucking People are going to flip channels. Freeform or whatever. Yeah. They're going to see this movie's on and they're going to stop and yeah. watch it. If I'm on vacation it's entertaining. and I'm in my hotel and I'm looking for something to watch, if this movie is on TV, that's what I'm putting it on. This is what I'm going to pick. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, this was made for TV in that sense. You know, it's just... It's perfect in that sense. It's not grading, right? Like yeah. I think that's another big thing. Is like even if a movie's all those things, it still has the possibility of being grading. Yeah. So like for example, a movie that my funny enough, my boss always complains about because he, whenever he goes to his parents, they're watching it for some reason because it always just happens to be on TV and they always just leave it on. Is Aquaman? Is it you on know? TV like, that much? Aquaman? I guess so. I guess huh. so. It's so much that it's like a bit. Right with my boss, damn. Where he he always says like, yeah, whenever I come over, Aquaman's on. That's you know, they're super, always watching Aquaman. That's interesting because in my recent travels and staying at hotels, I don't think I've seen that movie on TV. So that's I don't know, that's dude. fascinating I, to me. I couldn't tell you, but like this movie is so this much movie better. is not this movie <laughs> is not so that much right? like, better than Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman is not something like yeah. If it's on TV, I might watch it once or twice. But it's not something I'm like, oh, I want to like, yeah, I'm watching this. Like, no, this movie can get, that movie can get annoying, dude. Like, (laughs) hell no. Before we move on to our ratings, which I'm assuming is kind of coming up soon. 
yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do. Want, have, I do have a question for for us. Okay, I do want to yeah, yeah. quickly talk about two scenes. Uh, one that we've already briefly mentioned, um, but the after credit scene, mm-hmm. or not the mid credit scene. I think uh, when you see that bastard Hugh Grant try to pull the same spiel and shtick yeah. <laughs> that Chris Pine's character at the beginning of the movie did to escape the prison. And uh, so that they whole scene, up the window. They block up, when they block up the window and poor, poor Jonathan <laughs> just gets fucking speared into a brick wall. <laughs> oh, no, justice, justice for Jonathan, man. If there's a sequel, he needs to get his. You know what I mean? He, he needs, needs to get, to his, get his moment. He needs to fucking beat some ass. <laughs> I could see Jonathan having like an Admiral Akbar like cult following. You know what I'm saying? Dude, I'm, like, I'm there, dude. I am Jonathan captain of is that shit. Him, bro. Jonathan is he him. He is man. him, dog. And then another scene. It was at the end, and it's when Holga is uh, talking to someone. I forget who. I don't know if it was like someone from like the kingdom who was like granting her people like safety or whatever when they were like mending mm-hmm. the relationship. But it's another little person. And she just she does that little lip bite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Damn, oh my god, girls dude. got a type." So good, dude. Okay, it's just so well done, dude. Like I, it doesn't hammer home the fact that she's like into like the little people or whatever, like dwarves. Are they dwarves? I don't I, remember. I don't. I really don't like, know what that species is. It called doesn't like hammer that home at all. They do just enough to let you know, like, yeah, like. She has a past. Yeah. She's this is her type. And I love that scene because it it solidifies the fact that her and Chris Pine are strictly platonic. They are strictly yeah. friends. I guess life partners in a way is a better term. Like they're not together, but domestic, they're doing domestic life partnership. Yeah. <laughs> they're in a domestic partnership. They're in a domestic partnership. Raising a child together. But, but you know, not it, it fucking. just yeah, it just hammers that home. You know what I mean? It's like that's fucking cool. God, and it's also a happy ending for her because going yeah. back to that Bradley Cooper scene and, and how honestly sweet it was and how he, he wants her to find happiness. Well. Yeah. The fact that you kind of get an idea like, okay, she's on the men. That's that little like 10 second scene did so much for me. Like that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And like you see like his her his new lover come in who's basically just yeah. good again. Yeah. Right. But just like a different but version I of her. I think even bigger than her. Yeah. <laughs> And the it's fact just, that she was like nice to meet you, like seriously, everyone yeah. in this fucking movie is so supportive. It's like they know how they should be, right? Yeah, you know, and they act accordingly. You know, like yeah. they don't act as like, like a dick just because the movie dictates that they should yeah. act like a dick. Like everything in movie logic says that like you should just be an asshole to this person because mm-hmm. it's entertaining and it's like that's what makes for an entertaining scene like no you could still have an entertaining scene but still have everyone be cordial with each other it just has to make sense yeah so the question i had is what would be your dungeon of dragons character and what class would they be are we talking like species when you say what would be your Dungeons and Dragons Whatever. character? Like, let your mind go wherever you want. Don't let me stifle your creativity. What, what are the rules? Because like, isn't there like set things, parameters that I need to fall into? I mean, I, I just feel like you should just have creativity in what you, what you should, what you could be, you know? I like just. Okay. And the DM will have to work with whatever that is, you know? Okay. Damn. Do you have yours in mind? I mean, really, it's just 
my ideal version of me you know it's a fucking wizard that could change into any race you know <laughs> i like i like to think that i can navigate any type of political line or any type of privilege you know just like i'm like the same as i'm like the same as <laughs> i'm the same as dork but instead of animals i just change into ethnicities <laughs> you know that's kind of what i want to be very, you know like if 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 there's a situation where i need to be white probably most situations i'm gonna be white I, situation where maybe i need to you know i need to be fucking Waging, whatever that situation is, I'm gonna be mm. waging, you know, like mm. you know, just you know, it's Black History Month, maybe I'll turn black. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, like in the context of Dungeons and Dragons, it still makes sense. Like, so, like, even because racism, no, yeah, I don't know how races work in Dungeons and Dragons, I would imagine it's maybe similar to like Elder Scrolls or something, right? So, like, if you could change to like an Argonian when you need to mm-hmm. uh, is that a different species or is that a different race i don't fucking know mm. uh, if i could be a khajiit you know mm. i don't know are there khajiits in dungeons and dragons lore like there is in elder scrolls i don't fucking know fuck <laughs> damn i really don't know what i would be so you would go wizard i feel like i have to choose a different class i mean you did you were in a band would you just would you be a bard <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so i would be uh, alchemy alchemy trio <laughs> i would be a wizard bard <laughs> okay yeah wizard bard a oh, wizard nice. bard who nice. is uh half elf <laughs> just half one ear is pointy dude, only dude save some women for the rest of us right that's like a, that's a dangerous combination yeah i know <laughs> can elves get stds you think only dark elves. <laughs> Only the what? elves that practice the dark arts. Yeah. That's anal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like the reverse, right? So, like, if you're an elf, yeah. it's anal sex that can give you an STD, not vaginal. You can get STDs from anal sex, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, AIDS? I've never done it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> You know, you know what's funny about AIDS <laughs> is that aid. The word aid is like mm-hmm. to help. You mm-hmm. know, is to is to make you better, right? But yeah. then, like, they named the disease after that. Literally, fucking breaks you down. Yeah, you know, like crazy, crazy stuff. I would never have done that if I was them personally. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Um, but anyways, yeah, yeah, I'd be, <laughs> I'd be a bard who is half elf. Who is incapable of obtaining STDs? <laughs> so, what's your band my, name? Uh, Magic in the Gatherings. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Magic in the Gatherings. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, that's good. My that's great. obviously the uh, natural ability or whatever would be charisma. <laughs> mm-hmm. Obviously. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. that would be my fucking character, a half elf bard who is mm-hmm. incapable of getting STDs, <laughs> maxed out Riz, and I will Honestly, fuck myself I'm, out of every situation. You're like a, basically a fucking succubus. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm, I'm yeah. sure every fucking musician wishes they had that power. To mm. be honest, mm-hmm. I yeah. think they often think they do, and it turns out they don't. Well, you know, easy you learn that lesson, mm-hmm. and then you go on to play Live Aid before sure. you die. <laughs> sure, sure. R.I.P. Man. <laughs> All right. Do we want to? <laughs> do we want to get into scores? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. God, this was this has been the most problematic we've been <laughs> so just yet it might crazy. be yeah crazy okay so me personally mm-hmm. like this movie has its, its its shortcomings but like god damn like it it doesn't miss when it hits before like, you give your just, rating let me roll the dice okay Let, let's oh, roll the okay, dice. Yeah, okay yeah 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 sorry sorry so according to the dice i, ro- I scored a nine we don't that's not on our scale it's though. not it exceeds our but, scale. But it actually works out because, yeah, my score for this movie is a four out of five. Like, I love this movie. I enjoy the fuck out of it. I think that even though what it lacks in substance and compelling story, it makes up for in just witty writing, clever setups, um, awesome characters, you know, that are just fun to watch. Like, this movie is just fun. Like, the fun factor for this movie... I think takes it over the edge to where I don't necessarily need to be compelled. This doesn't need to reinvent the wheel. Like I said earlier, or like it doesn't need to do any of that. Like it just, it's just fun. It's just so much fun that I could see myself watching this movie repeatedly, you know, forever going forward. You know, Mm, for me, this movie gets shaking the dice, shaking the dice, a natty four, baby. E4, good reference. It's a Natty 4, baby. It's not the perfect movie, but it's a damn good movie. Yeah. Well, one that I don't so good. foresee myself like getting sick of the more I watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like I told you, I, I wanted to rewatch it. And as soon as it ended, I knew I was going to rewatch it at some point. This is just a fun movie, man. Like it's fun. And like it's one of those movies where the minute it ends, you wish you had more time with it. You know, yeah. like, you wish you had more time with these characters. Let me yeah. ask you something then. Mm-hmm. Because we we both clearly love this movie, a sequel. One, yes. Do you want it? Two, do you think it could be as good? And if it's not as good, is that a disappointment? And should they stop after that? So yes and yes. Like yes, I want a sequel. Like I think this movie deserves it. From what I've seen, it did really fucking well. Mm-hmm. Like I think it will get a sequel eventually. And two, as long as they have the same people directing it, like yeah, I do think it could be just as good because there's a lot that they can pull from, and there's so much more they can do in this world. You know, it's it's different from like something that's like pulling from like a book series or mm-hmm. whatever because there's only so much you could pull from. This is not limited by that. Now, granted. They can't obviously use the same jokes they've used in this movie. And this movie does a lot of great jokes mm-hmm. with the source material ready. So to me, that would be the biggest challenge is coming up with jokes just as funny, if not funnier than the jokes that they made in this movie. Yeah. That would be a tall task. Would you want the same cast? Oh, yeah. 1000%. There's a lot more potential, too, with the addition, with the addition of the of the daughter being back in the group now, mm. like doing something with her. You know, like I said, like there's a lot of opportunity to bring back characters and I don't necessarily think it would be unwanted, right? Like Jonathan. Yeah. He just needs to get his, man. That's all I'm he saying, man. His. He needs It'd to have great. his moment, bro. No, yeah, I'm excited for any possibility of a sequel coming for this movie. What about you? Uh, I definitely want to see more. Do I think it could be as good? Uh, I think that's a tall task. 
I would hope it would be just as good. And yeah, I would love to see the same cast. So mostly agree with you. I'm just skeptical because, again, I think they just nailed so much with this first one that it, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to, you know, have lightning hit twice. So they say if they if they were to add somebody to the cast, right, is there an actor or actress that you could think of that you think would do well in this type of movie or with this group of people? Do you have anyone in mind? You know, someone that I think could have a lot of fun in this type of movie with this cast of people, Robert Pattinson, I think could be kind of interesting to play like kind of like not necessarily in the same vein as Bradley Cooper because he was really more of a cameo. But mm. like, I think like I've seen Robert Pattinson in enough things where I feel like he, he has like a natural comedic element to him um, that I think a lot of people don't appreciate as much about mm. him. But like him and um, Daniel Radcliffe, are like two people that I could see playing like really weird offshoot characters in this series that would be hilarious. Daniel Radcliffe does- already kind of has done something like kind of like this along the same veins is uh mm-hmm. that show that I referenced in Iron Fist Army Man podcast, yeah. Miracle Workers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I de- I could definitely see him in something like this and and playing well with the other cast. And then another one who's already been in something very much like this is uh, Elijah Wood. Yeah. You know? Damn, that's a name I have not heard in a long time. Those are like my three like darlings in Hollywood, right? Like Robert Pat, uh, Elijah Wood, and Daniel Radcliffe. Like they always take like the weirdest fucking movie roles Mm -hmm. and they fucking kill it. Like every, for the most part. And I'm not going to say every time, but they fucking kill it. Okay. I I think I have a couple. Mm Mm-hmm. Zendaya. Okay. She has that dryness to her where she could play like a really funny like character, like a serious funny character. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's a really good one. Yeah. Might be a bit of a a bandwagon pick, but I'm curious to see if Barry Hogan can do something like super comedic. Barry Barry Hogan is yeah, definitely another pick that I definitely could see for sure working this type of movie. Yeah, that would be really fun. All right, dude. That officially wraps up this episode of the Nosebleed AV Club. You can find us on Instagram at Nosebleed AV Club. You can find us on TikTok, same handle. You can find us online where we host all of our movie rankings at nosebleedav.club. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, consider hitting that like button. Uh, Give us five stars. Leave us a review. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. And do all the things. We are trying to roll a level 20 intelligence. (laughs) So please do all those things for us. Never going to happen. (laughs) We are trying to obtain the tablet of riches. So please do all those things so we can achieve that. And live our best life, unlike Forge, that bastard. With that, we bid you adieu. Fare thee well. Fare thee well. (laughs) (laughs) Fare thee well to everyone but Hugh Grant. Bastard. Bastard. (laughs)